Welcome to the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. This is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And Chris, 2022 has been a challenging year for us in so many ways, but we still have so much to be thankful for. And that's what we want to talk about today is being thankful. Lynn, that is so accurate. I, I, it's, it's that time of season when we kind of take time to reflect and to think about what's happened through in our lives and in the world uh, through and 2022 has just been crazy. Um, so um, I think, I think that going into holidays, it's very beneficial to have these kind of conversations and look for those things to be thankful for. We have with us today, GB Howell. Uh, GB actually wrote the personal study guide for this special focus session. And GB, it's great to have you with us today. Thank you, Chris. I'm glad I get to be with you and Lynn both. So GB uh, is a re- former pastor, uh, worked at Lifeway for a long time with uh, Bible, uh, Biblical Illustrator. I actually uh, uh, was introduced to GB's work through Let's Worship. Uh, he, he wrote some articles for me uh, over 20 years ago, and then uh, we had an opening in that area, Lynn, that, you know, that happens sometimes. And uh, GB's, uh, I had been working on Let's Worship, and uh, that was getting ready to change. And so GB was writing for me, and I told him, hey, man, um, I don't know who the next writer is. We, made, we had made some arrangements that uh, uh, GB would do a continuing series for me. And I said, I don't know what's going to happen with that because I'm not going to be the editor anymore. And he said, do you know who might be the next editor? And I said, I don't know. You interested? <laughs> And the rest is history. It's funny, Chris, you say that. We had a sweet little lady in our church who was a member. And after I announced I was going to Lifeway and that I'd be editing Let's Worship, she came up to me after and said, Preacher, why does Lifeway have a magazine called Less Worship? (laughs) And I said, oh, Miss Florence, I love you, but it's Let's Worship. Oh, that sounds better. Well, I think that's uh, maybe a good segue to our icebreaker there. We think about past events in our lives that we've been thankful for. And uh, I would assume, uh, GB, Chris, that conversation is a past event that y'all are both thankful for because, as Chris, as you said, the rest is history. But I think that's a great icebreaker question to get our, our groups talking. As we think about Thanksgiving, giving thanks, what are past events in your life can you be, are you now thankful for? Several years ago, I was the bivocational pastor and, and led our church to merge with a church plant. And it was, it was a step into the unknown. It, we didn't know exactly what was going to happen and transpire. And, you know, years later, I'm able to say uh, that was an experience where God was at work and we could see that. And, uh, and with all of the bumps in the road, grateful for God's um, being a part of that. So that, that was one that came to my mind. you guys have, have any experiences you'd like to share about? Well, I think about um, when we go through times of transition and how um, uncertain or insecure that can feel while you're going through it. And I think about specifically like when you graduate school, you know, and you don't know what's next um, or when you take on a new job. And you don't know what's next. You're leaving behind something that's secure and that's familiar. 
but I found in my life that it's been opportunities for God to introduce me to new people, new ministries, uh, and new opportunities. And looking back at those, the insecurity that I felt or the uncertainty that I felt ended up being a source of great blessing. Uh, but, you, but the thing is, you don't see that except in, I didn't see that except in the rear view mirror. There's a lot to that. When we look at like 2022, Lynn, um, uh, we, as we look back on the experiences that we had, uh, maybe sometimes through difficulties, we can see how God was with us and, and find ways to be thankful for even the tough times in our lives. Well, that really gets to the point of this session. Uh, our point is to give thanks for the way God is at work in your life. And I think that's a good reminder that, as Chris, as you said, it's easy to see it in the rearview mirror. So therefore, whatever I'm going through now, what I can do is I may not under, I may not have that rearview mirror viewpoint yet to see what God's doing, but I can still trust him and be thankful for that. So uh, we're going to be in a passage in the Psalms. We're going to be in Psalm 107 to talk about this idea of giving thanks. We're talking to particularly uh, GB has written this study about three reasons for giving thanks. So uh, we're the first. There's only three, right? There's only three. (laughs) In the lesson. It's only three in the lesson. But what we're going to see is the first one that uh, we look at is this idea that we give thanks because God redeems us. This is what the psalmist says. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that he has redeemed them from the power of the foe and has gathered them from the lands, from the east and the west, from the north and the south. Appreciate uh, just how clean and clear uh, this call to worship is. It is uh, our uh, the writer for the uh, leader's guide mentioned that there are uh, there are many psalms that are psalms of praise but this is one that specifically points to the issue that we're talking about thanksgiving it tells us we should be thankful to god uh, for his goodness to us and that goodness flows right out of the very core of his character you know over and over we find it not only in the psalms but uh, so many places where the scripture affirms the goodness of god uh, I, I think back, and I think I even mentioned this in the lesson, back to the blessing that we said as kids, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. You know, this Thanksgiving is easy to have a lot of food. <laughs> but <laughs> regardless of the time of year, um, we've got to say God is good to us. Yeah, and GB, you have such a strong background with uh, your years with Biblical Illustrator of that understanding the culture and the biblical backgrounds. And you do point this out in what you wrote in the personal study guide about the goodness of God is presented in this psalm, this chief attribute, how different it was from the Near Eastern religions uh, in that area. This idea that their gods, or I should say these so-called gods, they were not seen as good. They were often viewed more as cruel and even vindictive. They were. And anytime anything negative happened uh, in most people's lives, then God had been angry at them, small g God, their, their personal little nationalistic deity, that somehow they had offended him um, and he was taking out his anger on them. And, and, and so it, it was, a, it was a, a God that they understood couldn't wait to punish them. And for the people of 
God, the, the followers of, of the God of the patriarchs to affirm that he is good, that stood him 180 degrees apart from what people of their day understood. It was a radical thought. Mm. We serve a good God. Let's talk about God's faithful love uh, in this passage. It's from the Hebrew, uh, the word hesed. It's translated a lot of different ways. Uh, JB, talk about that a little bit. There's not just one word in our English language that can satisfactorily parallel the Hebrew word hesed. It has to do with the idea of kindness and generosity and loyalty. And, and that's what God demonstrates to us. And he does that consistently. Uh, that, that was part of the message that God gave to Moses. And, and that the steadfast love of God endures forever. So I used the New American Standard translation for a long time, and they made up a word. <laughs> they, loving kindness is a word that they made up to explain this hesed, this faithful love of God for his people. It is. We, and I think back to the uh, song that was popular in the 80s and 90s, his loving kindness is better than life. It, it's beyond our description. It is. And what we see in this passage then is out of this goodness and out of his faithful love, uh, what we receive from that is he redeems us. Now, the passage here is, uh, of course, in the Old Testament, obviously, uh, they could be looking back to how God had redeemed them from the hand of the foe, that that foe could have been uh, Egyptian, the Egyptians, uh, or even later, uh, it could have been the Babylonians. As a Christian, I read that. I certainly can see that context, but I also see it from a New Testament perspective that Christ has redeemed me from the hand of the foe, the the, the uh that, that enemy being death uh, that, that, that awaits all of us, except the fact that Christ has redeemed us. There are seasons in our lives that are, that are difficult that God seems to uh, come to our aid, provide for us, and redeem even those hard, difficult times in our lives. That's true. Even, you know, it certainly does apply to salvation. But Chris, you're right there that there's other times in our lives where uh, God brings good out of it. He, he redeems the situation. And so what we're going to see as we move into verses four through seven, that even as God has, uh, we can thank him because uh, he's redeemed us. He, he continues to lead us. The psalmist said this in verse four, some wandered in the desolate wilderness, finding no way to a city where they could live. They were hungry and thirsty. Their spirits failed within them. But then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble he rescued them from their distress. He led them by the right path to go to the city where they could live. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful passage. And we read that and we can easily think about the children of Israel being led out of the house of Pharaoh, out of Egypt, and being led towards the promised land. But you think about what it talks about looking for a city and them not having food and drink is a time of uh, hunger, of wandering in the wilderness for them. I think that it um, probably applies to them being led uh, from Egyptian cap. I mean, from back. I think it talks about them being led from Babylonian captivity back to the Promised Land, following that fertile crescent arch uh, back to the land of Canaan. And interesting, the the very thing that they needed was a city, a place to live, is exactly what God led them to. He met them at their point of specific need. 
Now, GB, you mentioned just there in a moment, you mentioned the Fertile Crescent Arc. Explain that for us. Well, sure. If you think about the land of the Middle East, you think about Iran and Iraq, and you arch over heading north, moving counterclockwise, and start moving back south towards the land of today of Israel, then that would be the region of the Fertile Crescent. And that's the way the travelers walked back then. There was food and water along the way in that route. If you went straight across east to west without arching northward, there's, there was no water for them. And so people commonly traveled and followed that counterclockwise arch moving back into Israel or clockwise heading over towards what is today Iran and Iraq, uh, ancient Babylon and along the Euphrates. Okay, so they follow they follow the Euphrates River, uh, the, that 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 valley that. Uh, it, so that's when you talk about Fertile Crescent. That's because of the Euphrates. It, exactly, it, okay. it in, ends down on the east side um, at the mouth of the Euphrates. Yes. So um, obviously, in that it, people have figured out it's it's not a good thing just to walk across the desert. Uh, it, the shortest distance between two points isn't necessarily uh, the best best route. It is not. And, you know, you got to think back to the day they lived. No cars, planes, or automobiles. We're talking about walking by foot, riding on the back of a camel. You cannot pull off the interstate exit and stop at the fast food restaurant. Um, they really had to know what they were doing to make these travels. So you pointed out that we see polar opposites here. They, they started in a, a, a desolate wilderness, um, but they were led on the right path to go to the city where God could live, where uh, this was how God provided for them. It was. And, and f- for the people of God, ultimately, the city they want to get back to was Jerusalem. It was the place where they had met God. They had worshipped God. Their ancestors um, had set up houses of worship in both the tabernacle and later the temple. It was a place that they found nourishment, spiritual, emotional, and physical nourishment. Typically at Thanksgiving, we, we think about things to be thankful for. You know, my family, the food we're about to consume, those are all good things. But as I, I read this passage, GB, and how you've pointed out that we should, these people were giving thanks because of the way God led them. I realize that's one area we probably ought to talk about in our groups is not just well, what are the things you're thankful for, but what are, the, what are the ways God has led you this year that you're especially thankful for? Uh, and it's it's a little more intangible because it's not things, uh, but to realize God is at work in my life uh, in, in, uh, every day. So and there is a journey motif here of they're going from one place to another uh, and the journey was difficult. And along this journey, God uh, provided for them. So where we are now, if we look at 2022, we can look back at the beginning of the year and look through the year to see all along the path, even in the midst of difficulties and uh, adversities, God provided for us, took care of us. And it gives us a, a way to talk about life from that perspective of journey. Yes. So let's get into verses eight and nine, because we've talked about uh, we're thankful that God has redeemed us. We're thankful that he guides us. Uh, but then, Chris, even as you talked about in that guidance, there's it's the idea that he just 
provides everything good for us. Uh, This is verse eight. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity. For he has satisfied the thirsty and filled the hungry with good things. Part of what the verses emphasize that he, God provides all good things for, um, for all humanity. Um, you go back and you can think about examples of that when uh, the children of Israel had found themselves in times of great adversity and God delivered them and provided for them the very things that they needed. You think about them being hungry in the wilderness and him providing manna and quail and providing water from a rock. And we can look back at our own lives and we recognize that this year, yes, there probably have been significant changes that we have lived through or even endured. And in spite of those challenges, we look back and say, yet God provided me exactly what I needed at that moment. Hmm. Sure. This it's not crying out to God in some poetic, pre-written out prayer. Now, there are times those are appropriate and times we need to do that. But guys, there are times in our lives we find ourselves at the end, and we find ourselves running into the bedroom, dropping to our knees on the rug beside the bed, and pleading and saying, Oh God, I need you. And that's what the children of Israel were doing. It, it wasn't some Um, kind, soft thought. It was crying out from a place of deep, deep desperation, just like a mighty thunder. I have a quote here. When we cry out to God in our despair, uh, he he answers that need. And then when, when we experience that, we can look back with grateful hearts. Well, I I love one of the ending verses. I know it's not one of our focal passages, but uh, verse 41 says that he lifts the needy out of their suffering. And we've got to say there have been times in our lives that we found ourselves suffering. We look back, rear view mirror, using that same illustration, and we say, God lifted us out. He, he, he saw me through and brought me to the place I needed to be. Thanks for that, GB. I, I really appreciate what you wrote. The emphases you brought out in Psalm 107, his redemption, his guidance, and just his provision out of his goodness. That's great. So a, a word to those of you who lead groups and, and are part of Bible study groups, as you meet, um, be, be mindful of the people in your group um, and in your church who are going through desperate times. Um, as you gather, uh, this is a good reminder. Verse 41 that GB just mentioned, uh, when, when we're going through desperate times, God will will be with us and will lift us out of out of those times of of despair uh so give hope um but there may be and especially in this season uh some very tangible things we can do uh to help to minister to people in our group who are going through hard times to find people in our church um, who are in a desperate time and find some ways to show them that you care about them, that you love them. Uh, it may be that your group does some things where they collect money or they collect food or they determine that they're going to 
take care of this family through the holidays. And, you know, I, I can think of times in my life when, um, you know, we didn't as a family, when I was a teenager, my dad had an accident and, um, you know, we didn't know if he would ever walk again. So, uh, the church rallied around us and came to our aid and provided food. And in that hard time in, in our lives, uh, God used that to show me how church functions and how church is at its best. And that has impacted me all of my life and all of my ministry. So um, I, I, most of us have those seasons that where we can look back and to those hard times and, and be grateful, but it's also a reminder that there's some things that we can do for the people around us. Thank you for that word, Chris. You know, we think about, there are some people that as we're talking about being thankful, they still still have things they're concerned about and maybe rightly so just, uh, but we can be thankful to God. But let me remind you, too, that starting next week, we are starting a new study. Uh, we're moving into the winter uh, season. And so we're doing a study called Putting Fear in Its Place. So as we think about all the things we can be thankful for, and as Chris has reminded us, there are some people that deal with, uh, you know, situations that truly concern them. We want to see that what God's word says about we do not have to be afraid. Uh, so for, for six, uh, six weeks there, we're going, to be, we're going to talk about the fear of God, which is appropriate fear. But then how do we deal with uh, fear when it, when it uh, having security in place of fear, having love, uh, our courage, everything that God has provided for us in place of fear? Well, this is the Thanksgiving season, so let me just say thank you for those of you who week in and week out listen to our podcast, and thank you for those of you who contact us and let us know how much you really value and appreciate these podcasts. And we hope you have a great Thanksgiving, and we hope you have a great Bible study. 